What's going on, guys? This is Critically Absurd TV Show. Uh, we got our first podcast for you today. Um, we're going to be covering some certain things, some loose topics, and uh, so let's just get to it. Uh, I'm Brandon, the director of the group. Uh, we have CJ. Hi. He's our uh, marketing specialist. Our, uh, my man's my man's Benjamin. Don't ever call me that. All right. Uh, hi. He. This dude's our. He's uh, our PR guy. And, and the, the werewolf and guy. The, the werewolf guy. He's You know him if you see him. And possibly an actual werewolf. A- yeah, a- and apparently the beard as well. Like, per, hard con, per hurt con. Yeah, so what we're, what we're going to do here is kind of sort of just talk about uh, what we do as a company on the reg. Um, mostly we uh, we kind of like go to events. We cover we provide press for uh, some people. Let them, you know, the world know what's going on around here, our area. Um, so, like, we'll go... We'll go to somewhere, and you know if they if they don't have as much coverage as they would like, we get the word out and just pass along to everything. Um, so, you guys have anything to add to that? Obviously not. Um, I mean, I what we do is what we do when we go to conventions. We're both running around like our chickens with our heads cut off, trying to get as much footage as possible. Or if you're me, you're just eating murdered nerds. Well, I guess I can say you know if you if you don't know too much about us, we started out in 2014, late 2014, as a, uh, a Star Wars fan fiction. I thing. love uh, So we we just started some writing some stories, and I kind of just found out that some, the, most of us kind of have a knack for writing and talking about certain things. So we became a little more you know focusing on some journalism aspects of stuff and uh, talking about some games and I thought we could just form a local group and talk about some journalism stuff you know get some stuff covered so we transformed into Break Room TV we found somebody else had that name we had to change it to Critically Absurd TV um, and now eight people later and a loss of six here we are <laughs> I hey, like to think listen guys things happen I like Things to happen. think we're we're considerably stronger now than we were before. No, we are definitely strong. You know, you can't you can't grow without you know cutting some weight. Yep. Thanks, you know. Brandon, for that. Yep. We also. Uh... Hey, but you know, not to talk crap on anybody. I'm just, I'm just saying things happen. But uh, you know, here we are today. Definitely we know. gained some allies too. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Um, luckily, we haven't made any enemies, and we don't plan to. So. I mean, besides uh, negative critically absurd TV from the negative universe, but we don't talk about them. Too we, much. Don't, we don't talk CJ, about them. CJ, <laughs> know about this. Speaking of them speaks them into reality. That's what I was about to say. Bad CJ. <laughs> no. Yeah. But anyways, uh, kind of some of the kind of special stuff we've done. You know, we go to local conventions around the area. Almost in the, if you're from the Huntington tri-state area and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Subascon. we were just at Hurricon. Yeah, we were just in Hurricon, the Marshall's first uh, convention for the year. So. Like like I was saying, like Subasacon, you got Tricon, Power Up, uh, what's what's some other ones? Uh, Kazakon, we love that one. Uh, oh, man, do we love Shaka Con? we'll be going to that one this year. Uh, we go to those cons, you know, we set up our booths and we have some games for people to play, all for free. Um, and we provide, like I said, we provide press for them and let everybody know what's going on. We're uh, an interactive media experience. That's right. Uh, with murder, our main goal is to get and make sure everyone in the area has an open some- eye. Into into seeing what's going on, so they know when things are, where they can go, and if they need help, man, that's what we're there for. And uh, we're pretty local. We're all about trying to help this area look better. Uh, it was from the negative stereotype, the stigma of West Virginia as a whole, and uh, help build the community here. We actually have a special guest with that today. It's a 
introduce yourself, Jake? Uh, you can call me Jake. Um, uh, yes, I am wearing khakis like the. Uh, this is Jake from This is Jake from State Farm, guys. No, no, no! You're gonna get us all sued, especially me. This insert I have nothing to do with an insurance company. Uh, I am here representing uh, two different organizations, I guess. Uh, one is I'm a librarian in the local area. So yes, like CJ said. The stereotype of West Virginians being dumb hillbillies is wrong. I might be a hillbilly, but I can read. Right. That is a thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm also here for Kyova Gaming. Uh, much like CATV, uh, Kyova Gaming, we do a lot of stuff in the local area. Uh, as opposed to games like Werewolf, which my friend Ben here runs. Uh, it is a lot of fun. Uh, we do a lot of tabletop gaming. We got... Uh, we run a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we got a couple of people that run Pathfinder. We got folks that uh, do. I personally do uh, Deadlands. People doing games that you might not have ever heard of before, and um, hopefully we'll be involved in CATV a few more times, uh, getting the word out about some podcasts and uh, well, playing I, some games. I definitely say we'll definitely be working with you guys. Uh, more further as to like in-depth stuff i guess we'll keep that in wraps for now so we don't you know blurt out some wrong information what's the fun if they find it all out now That's right it. yeah well, shout no. outs to trevor and earl for introducing me to deadlands in the first place that game is awesome <laughs> shout outs i mean you get a soundboard for that <laughs> no no brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no no brandon yes we must I will so, not like, put air horns in yeah. my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. We'll do that. Let's record that soundbite. Yeah. So, like, some some special ed- events we've done. Um, uh, one of the big things we like to mention is we we were in Japan. Not physically, but a video we did uh, spotlighting J- Japanese culture with American culture, uh, specifically on the kimono line. Um, they, we were uh, on TV over there. What was it, uh, Peach Mountain Imports? Tangerine Mountain Tangerine Imports. Tangerine Imports. Yes. And, and they are awesome. If you want a good, high-quality, legit kimono, you need to get in touch with them. Go to their website. Or if you're trying to find something cheap, they're good for it, too. Yeah. But it's all, like, high-quality, authentic. All yes. of it. Like, they literally just buy kimono from Japan from and J- bring it back over here. If you literally get, what they do. If you guys want more information on that, go to our website. Uh, go to our articles. We'll have something written up, written up on there with a link to their website. Japan is a beautiful place as someone who's been there before. It is beautiful, historic, and somewhat weird. Every, uh, everywhere is weird. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, we live in a pretty weird place. We got the moth, man. I don't think we're allowed to talk about yeah, weird. Right. I don't know, man. Monster. I don't know. He moved to Chicago last time I heard. No, but... that's a different moth, man. It doesn't <laughs> count. That's Look, the moth, man. I don't know how uh, family-friendly you're trying to keep this, so we can't go into certain Japanese legends. Let's just say that there's a thing... Let's try to keep a little... Some tentacles out of the way here. No tentacles at all, but there is... A monster with an eyeball instead it's of a butt. It's just not on my nose. So, oh, okay. eyeballs instead of butts. Anyways, <laughs> some other stuff. That's the word of the day. Yes, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to start talking people about. with the booping stick. This is what I'm talking about. Soundboard. We need to get those freaking. No, uh, we don't. Yes, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm telling you. We straight. are not putting an air horn in my podcast. <laughs> All right, back to focus, gentlemen. But yeah, I thought a, that was the focus. Uh, another cool thing we had, uh, we went to Kazakhstan last year, and Nis- Nikki Blonsky, is it? Is that her name? Nikki Blonsky. Uh, she was there. She gave a talk about you know her life and how she got into acting and whatnot, and how she landed that awesome role in uh, uh, Hairspray. Hairspray, yes. 
I know these things. I'm Tracy Terrenblatt? Yay, uh, check I, it out. I think um, my, one of my favorite was I got to uh, hang out with uh, Paul St. Peter, the uh, voice of uh, Zimnis, for to keep it topical. Um, he was a really awesome guy. He also voiced, uh, you know, um, was it Punch in uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, he, had a, he had a whole like speech about what made that voice so fun to do, or like how to mix the different accents to create the character. Oh, now remind me, which one was Punch again? I've seen the whole thing of Bebop, oh, but he maybe. was the uh, that TV show that watched and talked about the bounties. Ah, uh, he was the nice uh, cowboy gentleman on uh, Big Shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said was they basically had to make him a uh, talk show host who had both a Mexican and a Texan accent, and they said that was like a. Really fun to work with. He was a super fun guy to talk to. Um, really chill dude, because you know, a lot of these you know, people have the, you know, this idea of celebrity, I think. You come to conventions and everything, and, you know, they expect someone who's, you know, acts different than everybody else, someone who's you know, different than us. And he's just this, uh, he walks in there for his panel in uh, sweatpants and a t-shirt, um, and a really cool guy. Out. Um we also, uh, this, well, this is kind of old news, but still really cool, is that when we got to do that backstage interview with Ian Strife. Oh, yes, they are awesome. We're actually, uh, this is kind of still in the, in the works, but we're, we're working on have, trying to get them back in the area and trying to do, get more in, uh, yeah. get more involved with them. Back to Kazakhan when we went, and speaking of accents, we also met Rory Healy, who was the vampire in the Goosebumps movie. Personally, I think that's awesome. I that dude is awesome. He was awesome. He was very inspirational, if a bit ADD, and I could also find that inspirational. I he, if you're if you ever want to get into movies, just go to a like production company and tell them you want to be the monster in anything, and you'll change yourself. There is always however you want to be. There's always room for a monster. There's always room for a monster, and there's always a place to start. Exactly. I, I mean, with men as hairy as us, we just need someone making a Sasquatch film, and he, we got a job. He said that, too. He was like, there's people as big as you, there's people like small like me, he's like, it's, you know, there's people all over. And I was like, of all different sizes, and like, they just, it's just the easiest way to get into acting is to start as a monster. He's like, heck, I started as a monster, and I stayed a monster. See, I love it. And I was like, I, you know, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, partly, as, you know, I think a lot of us grew up with R.L. Stein. Yeah, he had such a small part in it. Unfortunately, though, he, he filmed. Well, a lot I mean, of it. nothing else. Yeah. Just his inspiration. It was really cool. I actually got to go to a lecture of his uh, back in college, and he talked a lot about his writing process, which actually helped me get started. He's got a really unique way of doing it, where he says, "Just write. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be anything." He's like, "I, you know." Everyone thinks that writing has to come from like this deep place in your heart. It has to be this deep emotional, personal story. And he said, "Why?" He said, "I've written over 300 published works. Not one of them came from my heart. Why can't it just be an idea I had?" <laughs> I mean, you know, if everything you write has to do with a deep personal story, then you're never gonna get the ones that are really out there. As nice as it would be, I don't think Star Wars is a personal story. I don't think George Lucas was a space wizard in training. It would be awesome if you he was. You don't know his life. Well, there is you that, don't know. There is, there is that story about when they were making the first movie and he was wanting certain special effects. Yeah. He was like, you know, I want this explosion and these lasers and the special effects guy. Like, George, that technology doesn't exist yet. And he just goes, we'll make it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, so to move on to another thing, we have some big stuff coming up. Um, um, just about every weekend, uh, we'll be personally at uh, uh, Forgotten Realms Game Touring, which, in fact, we are at right now as we are recording this podcast. Uh, he has events going on throughout the week, usually almost every day. 
uh, different games, tabletops, card games, um, you know, D and D stuff like that. And then we have our werewolf. Werewolf. Tachyon Squadron. He's uh, really great at uh, finding really obscure games too. He has some like legit copies of the old Age of Conan, some first edition. What was it? A uh, Vigilantes and villains. Bank, villains. Vigilantes. Uh, and it is all for free. Villains Vigilantes is excellent. Well, Villains Vigilantes is free to run. Okay. But he has copy percent. That is a personal collection he's got in there that, uh, you know, they'll probably show off to you, but uh, I wouldn't suggest asking for any of that stuff. Now, uh, you, if you know you run it. It's true. He does. Yeah. I know that for a fact. He's, he's a super nice guy. If you ever find yourself in the uh, crazy deals on Huntington, nice. Chesapeake area and you uh, want to check. I would suggest checking out. He's got a lot of retro games, a lot of old... Yeah, a ton of retro games. This, this, my, my man, Eric, also has an arcade that you can come play some games at. Hey, try to set some free nice arcade. Scores. Free arcade. For now. He's planning on adding something to it. Uh, coin out? But, yeah, uh, interesting. Until further noted, uh, come down and play some games. Come check him out. Uh, you'll know the place. Uh, if you come into Chesapeake, Ohio, from the bridge to Huntington, turn left, stop not far from the PNC Bank, uh, and if you walk into a building see a bunch of like nerd stuff you know dice figurines and behind the counter Step there is a me. barbarian wearing spikes on his arm you found the right place you yes. found him just follow the smell of mountain dew and cheetos yes. find Step directly into the 80s yeah, so <laughs> in that, all the best ways in all of the best ways yes so this place is awesome come and give it a check uh, you know play some games sign up from some stuff uh, like I said, it is free. You know, it, it's a welcoming, friendly, friendly environment. And if you uh, ever want to meet us, this is most likely where you'll find us if we're not at a convention. That's true. Yes. We are here a lot. Speaking of conventions, our next convention is Kazakon. Uh, that's April 26th to 28th. We'll be there all three days. Daddy will be in uniform. We'll He'll be in uniform. We'll be playing some Werewolf, I think it will be Dad, that's Saturday. There is another group playing uh, uh, Werewolf. We'll be running Werewolf one of those days. It's either Friday or Saturday, one of those two. And uh, we'll be running our own variant. I might that. be playing in that one. I'm not sure yet. Uh, yeah, uh, Spies Among Us. Anyways, uh, <laughs> after Kazakon, uh, I think the next one we have after that, I think, is Tricon, I believe. Uh, that's that's the uh, that's the Huntington Tri-State area's uh, comic heavy. And by comic, I mean, like, it is strictly, like, graphic novels, comics. Um, and... The exciting thing about that is uh, friends of the show, uh, Bob France and Kevin Cuff, are finally got their uh, masterpiece, Metal Shark Bro. Finished. It's supposed to be coming out to Kickstarter backers sometime in April. Metal Shark Bro. They're going to be there in person where Metal Shark Bro Mania began. Uh, and by Metal Shark Bro, we're talking about half dude, half shark, all flying metal. eyeball, all metal, all, all metal. metal with a guitar, half old fashioned shark, guitar. Uh, we did an interview with them. We've, Ira. Uh, we've helped promote their uh, Kickstarter stuff on social media. We've uh, been big fans of the series, and it'll be physically in our hands soon. I recommend stopping by and talking to them. They are going to be worth the ticket Can't price themselves. Wait. And uh, there's other events going on throughout the uh, um, throughout the months coming up, but we just, we have to pick and choose at the moment which ones we go to. Um, for example, I think in uh, was it Buchanan's coming up soon. That one's in uh, May, I think. Um, it's their first one, so if you're in the area, go check them out. Uh, other than that, you know, we have our own uh, videos we're making in the background. One of the ones in, in particular we're making a documentary on the. Life of a Star Wars LARPer, I guess you could say. Um, uh, a light, is it? What'd you uh, say? I, 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 I don't know what they refer to themselves as. They're, they're called the Imperial Legion. Yes, and, uh, but 
and but like, what is that? A, a saber artist? Did they, yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, you have to watch the documentary and find out. It's um, they're more on the theatrical like role play side of it compared to certain other groups that are more on the competitive side. Which we have done. We last oh, year man, live streamed four and a half hours of a four and a half hours of lightsaber, lightsaber combat. That finale is worth watching. If nothing else, go back and watch that live stream. Zip to the last like thirty minutes. Watch it straight through. It's fantastic. You see, like the passing of the torch. Somebody hands their title down to the grandmaster who won the tournament. I think there was a proposal was, at some point. A, there there is a proposal at some point. It was. A blast. A couple was engaged on our that live was, stream. That was ALL. That's a, that's that, was actually, the, that was the Ashland Lightsaber League, I believe. Yes, and that's actually not the first time. Well, that was like, what, three or four different groups yes. that come together. and Oh, that reminds there me. There was free food. Yeah. Charcon is coming up. It was really good. Oh, Charcon. Uh, they actually had a wedding at their uh, Star con. Wars wedding. Yes, they had a Star Wars wedding. Legit. People got married to that con. Shout out to Jim Cottle and BatCon and uh, the guys at Third Floor Comics. When is that? That is in June. I believe June 15th, but I'm not 100%. Oh, so we'll have it is tri- in mid-June for sure. Tricon and BatCon. Yes. And so that's going to be pretty oh, heavy. Um, I, I might or might not be running a custom game of Werewolf at that. Um, so, so, oh, yeah. so, also for those of you who may have been uh, a little out of the loop, haven't made attention to social media, anything like that, so Bossicon will not be in Huntington this year. Uh, they're moving to an arena in Charleston to host the event. A new arena. You know, some people were kind of hesitant on what's going on, but I think everyone should give it a chance. You know, everyone gave it a chance when it moved to Huntington, so I say we... Right, yeah, it was once in Charleston to begin with. My first year, it was in Charleston. The people in charge, the powers that be, when they consider the financials and everything else, they, they... think this might be a better option for them they're uh think it might be a better way for the yeah we're just gonna be a much nicer venue we're staying away from the gossip i'm sure everyone so, has heard the gossip of why so we're um, not doing that we just give it a, until they come up with official reason we just have to say that they picked it so they picked it and we want everyone to give it a chance a fair shot um i'm sure you can find there might be even hotel packages i wouldn't know yet um, yes. Charcon had a kickstarter yeah, for we, that. we were actually told that suboscon will be working out Hotel, um, but I'm sure the if you get a hold of them on Twitter, or Facebook, or anything, they'll be more than happy to answer any questions they can a lot better than we could. Right. So, uh, Jake, I uh, will also be running Werewolf there. What kind of cons do you like going to around this area? I ran my uh, generally, I go to just about any cons I can get a ticket for. Uh, HerdCon was pretty nice because I was working it, and so I didn't have to pay for a ticket. I got paid to be there by my library. But wow, I got you there. HerdCon's first year. What'd you think about that? HerdCon, the Herd, sorry ladies and gentlemen, HerdCon's first year was absolutely fantastic. I had a lot more people show up than expected. Uh, There were tons of folks, but I will tell you what, there were not enough. There were tons, but there weren't enough. There were tables downstairs in the gaming area that were lacking in participation. You know, we had a guy, he just looked so sad with his Call of Cthulhu table. It was just empty for so long. We had folks running Death House from Curse of Strahd. We had folks running Individual 5e. I was there running Starfinder myself. Um, so I'll tell you what, uh, next year, come around, give HerdCon a try, and be aware if it's the same uh, organ- if it's the same setup as last time. Game rooms are downstairs. Check out Werewolf down with the same card game area where they were doing Magic the Gathering tournaments. Check out the tabletops. And of course, support your local comic writers. 
Oh, and yeah. like I said, uh, we do have a review up for uh, HerdCon. We also, it is on our website. Uh, HerdCon, um, there was also a shout out to the uh, gamers of Ashland who were there. Had a lot of really cool setups. A lot of like uh, miniature games, black powder. Uh, was it Project Yankee, something like that? Mm, that's it. Um, I had Warhammer Kill Team there just viewing. Um, there are uh, some pretty cool d- dudes. They operate out of the uh, Goblin Traders in uh, Ironton, Ohio. Um, Mystic the- Forces. Oh, yeah, that was such um, a cool look. I was going to say, though, is uh, HerdCon is run by the staff of the university. They consider The university considers it a, uh, Marshall University considers it a recruitment event. So the ticket prices were very low. I think it was like $5. And um, next year, they're wanting to do a two-day event. Um, so keep your eye out for it. I'm sure it's as successful as it was, they're going to try and add more to it. And that's it. That's it. It's $5 for, if you're not a student. You know, my werewolf game was a success, then, oh, yes. actually. I, I didn't struggle for people at all. Yes, to uh, university students, faculty, anything like that. Uh, it was yeah, completely was free. Like, like it was just there in the student years. center. And like uh, I said, we you know we go to we go to conventions all the time. We usually have giveaways. We had a giveaway there. Um, we bought painting. You know, while we're at it though, while we're talking about HerdCon, I had a moment where like I got inspired to do all this back at Charcon last year, the the werewolf thing. Uh, and when I played Blood on the Clock Tower with Evan, and I also played a game of very lackluster werewolf before that, and that's what made me realize the difference. Uh, and so, like, I come in to, not to talk smack about the guy that ran werewolf, he just had things going on, and a lot of people, um, which I now know is difficult. Uh, but anyways... You were worse I, for a day after well, that. Yeah, no doubt. But, like, uh, when I... When I played uh, Werewolf uh, or ran Werewolf at uh, HerdCon, I had a game that went on for almost an hour with 14 people, and it was fantastic. The doctor, like the, the actual doctor, was killed by one from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. The and he, he survived the whole game. A villager claimed to be the doctor, player 14, the whole night through, every time, and nobody ever killed him. They get to the very end, and the guy was convinced he was his minion, but he was actually just a villager the whole time. When Good won that game. Every person that was still there leapt into the air, threw their fists up, and shouted. Mm-hmm. And it was like the end of a nineteen oh, the, of the a nineties like the sports movie. Yeah. yeah, it was like it's the very last game of the day, and Thank everybody you. just like jumped up Forget and yeah, exactly, yeah, me. yeah, yeah, Breakfast Club style, just jumped in the air and like shouted. And I was like, man, this is what it feels like. This is when you know you've had a good one. And so I got the chance to tell them what was told to me by Evan from like Blood on the Clock Tower. Uh, after my first game of, uh, after my first game of Blood on the Clock Towers, the Raven Keeper, uh, I lost, but I played well. And here's how he put it: It's not about whether you win or lose; it's about how well you've played the game. I mean, that's a game. and you've all played the game well. It's a game; it's meant to be fun. I, if, you, if you break down a game like that to wins and losses, yeah. you're not going to enjoy it. Well, I mean, you can, but that's not the point. The, the point of the thing was that, like, it, it's about. It's not about. There's so much of uh, laying on your shoulders when you're playing in in a group environment like that. If you're the werewolf, you're not going to win just because of your actions. Your whole team has to be good. You're you have to be flawless. You have to lie. I mean, one of the best plays that happened to Hercom was like two the two werewolves pointed at each other day one, and they both claimed to be the seer, and that both the other person was the werewolf, and and the, that won them the game. Because the rest of the villagers were like, well, what? And then the, the real seer was like, I'm the seer. And he lied. Yeah. So, yeah, we got we got some other plans going on for, uh, you know, some events and other things we got going on. Yeah, stay tuned to our social media and our website for that. So let's move on to the next, the next topic here. Uh, this podcast and podcasts to come. Well, 
a big thing we want to do is uh, we want to keep this regular, keep you all updated along what we're doing, stuff we're into. Um, we want to try to have some more guests, especially local guests, uh, people from Cuyahoga Gaming like Jake, um, get Eric, uh, owner of Forgotten Realms Gamatorium on here sometime. And another big thing that I'm wanting to try to do for us is we're going to try to get uh, somebody from leadership positions from the cons in the area to get them in here talking about their con. Uh, I'm sure that's we can going get on. a few of them. Oh right yeah, there, we yeah. we've already talked to some of them. They're they're super down. They're so down. Right. Uh, and depending how the future goes, maybe we'll be doing live uh, versions of podcasts. We have a talk show thing. Might have an audience. Uh, get some participation. Yes. <laughs> you come you'll come to us be on our podcast. Ask questions. We'll get talking. When they say live, live audience, they just mean like live audiences and sitcoms. They've got a soundboard that does the Yeah, applause. and that one ostrich from Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know we're just going to force your dumb voice to laugh when we tell a funny joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> your destination. No, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Soundboard laugh tracks. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be doing this regularly. We're trying to do this regularly. Uh, at least once a week, if not twice a month. Yeah. CJ has suspiciously not talked about Borderlands yet. Yeah, I, because we're to that, man. we had a, a plan. We're following that plan. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, we're going to do this talk podcast. We're going to be talking about stuff around the area, you know, the cons, uh, events we have going on, videos we're working on. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to the next thing, man. Borderlands 3. All right. CJ. Well, okay, so uh, Gearbox had their uh, PAX East panel today. And for the past couple of months, they had been teasing um, something big was coming to PAX East. Little signs here, like Randy Pritchford will be on Twitter, and he'd be like, I only have three things to do today. I've got to mail three letters and go to three meetings and stuff like that. Um, a while ago, he put out a tweet that says, like, 95% of Gearbox developers are working on exactly what you want them to be right now. <laughs> and to everybody else, that meant one thing. Nobody's expecting, you know, a new Duke Nukem or... Nobody's expecting you know, the Bulletstorm sequel or Battleborn. As much as as fun as that game could be, you know that's not what if you think Gearbox Software. You're not thinking any of those games anymore, at least. Um, and so their their uh, their panel starts, and they announce a couple new games, which are pretty cool. Some indie-ish titles that uh, Gearbox is going to help publish and all that. Um, and then they start. They uh, was like, oh, we have a big announcement. Sure, everyone's been waiting on. You know the cr- you know the crowds are just getting really excited, and they're like, we have. You know, a uh, updated port of Bulletstorm coming to the Switch. Uh, <laughs> and people were like, all right, cool, I dig it. You go to the party, like, all right, we got a new Borderlands, Borderlands game coming out. And it's a, a card game, Tiny Tina's uh, Tea Party. And they, you know, Randy Pitchford did like some magic tricks, was getting free copies of the game. And they brought out, um, he brought out a team of the developers from the Borderlands team. They had like the level, one of the level designers, one of the artists, one of the 3D coders, and all that. And they had microphones, except for one dude in the middle. And every time they would talk, if you that dude's around to talk, someone would either take his microphone or they'd skip over him and all that. And I mean, half their panel was they kept teasing it. They're like, all right, we have something, you have some new Borderlands news. And it'd be like, all right, here's an HD remaster of Borderlands 1, and it's coming out next week. And here's some news about the new Borderlands universe. And everything we're working on, and it's Borderlands VR. We're adding a bunch of DLC to Borderlands 2 VR. And they go through all this, and they talk about they're releasing the Handsome Collection on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. <laughs> um, it's going to be you know, updated. Um, Borderlands 1 the Remake is going to have access to the shift codes. There's going to be new skins and stuff, not just recallers. And he's like, well, I think that's the end of the stream, right, guys? And they start playing the logo and all that, uh, you know, like the stream's ending. And then um, Greg grabs the microphone. He goes, Randy, you know why they're here. He goes, well, there was one more thing I want to talk about. 
I got a present this morning in my hotel room. I think you all should see it. And he, he turns his back to the crowd, takes off his jacket, and there's a t-shirt, just a big sparkling three on the back of his shirt. And I swear people were throwing chairs. Like, they were freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's straight up fan service. Keep in mind, they were, they, were, um, they were having technical problems all throughout uh, the thing. Like, their, some of their videos were really low frame rates and all that. And uh, the problem was, it was um, they were using the, the gear uh, PAX had provided to them. Yeah. Well, PAX, you know, very big convention, very reputable, all that, but it was just overworked from everything it was having to manage. So they had to turn off one of the monitors, and then they finally show the uh, the trailer, and it was on the big screen. It was real choppy. The FPS was low and all that. And the music was out of sync. People still loved it. Like, <laughs> and he's like, and he goes like, I want to be honest with you guys. You know, we've been working on this game for five years, and I don't feel right showing it to you like this. Can I? Try one more time. They turn off on the screen, show the trailer, you know, break saxophone solo and all that. And it's the only time I think I've been at home and wanted to give someone a standing ovation from my laptop. <laughs> I was so excited that I, my, I literally screamed, and my dogs had to come make sure I wasn't hurt or something. If I scream, my cat wants food. <laughs> True story. So um, all we know if is, if I scream, my wife tells me to stop. <laughs> uh, so I said, uh, Borderland, the HD remake's coming out on Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. That'll be actually next Wednesday, April 3rd, as of Borderlands 3, there's no release date yet. Um, oh, there is going to be four-player uh, split-screen co-op. Oh, nice. Uh, I love that. So that's something I'm excited about. Um, nowhere now, if that's like if people already own the original Borderlands Game of the Year edition on, on Steam, if they'll have to rebuy it, if it'll be a different game. Or if it'll be an update, or like uh, Divinity uh, Original Sin, when they came out with their remaster, people who own the original game got it for free. A lot of other companies have been doing that on Steam. Um, but we'll find out, I guess, in a week. Um, and uh, to be honest, that, uh, that Borderlands card game, uh, Tiny Tina's Tea Party, something like that, it's um, it looks really fun. It's it's like Tiny it, Tina's Robot Tea Party. Yeah, there, it, it takes about, I think, 15, 20 minutes to play a game. It'll be a real fun party game, especially if you, you know, imagine something like us sitting at the hotel room waiting, you know, after a convention, or you have a board game. No, we'll get a copy of it, you know. Oh, I'm going to get helicopters. But, <laughs> um, I love Gearbox. Um, and honestly, it's like, it's kind of weird. I really enjoyed Bulletstorm. I've actually just finished playing through it again. Out of I just so my Steam library. I was like, oh, I haven't touched that in a while. And uh, that is, um, I don't know. They, uh, that was the, I know, that was the hard, highest rated part of PAX East uh, as of today. Like, that that part of their stream had the most viewers, I think, because whoever's doing their marketing, honestly. Who's you know, on it? They, <laughs> they know what their audience wants, and that yeah. was Borderlands, Borderlands 3. 3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just, go, just the number, 3. That was just enough. Just, uh, just go watch the trailer. Go check it out if you love that, you're into that universe at go, all. Go hug your friends. Um, Reese from Tales from the Borderland was even in the trailer. Uh, so that ben, I'm so excited for the new classes in that game. So, so yeah, if, you, if anybody's worried about that game being ignored, I, so, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. I haven't played through the entire series just yet. I played with a buddy of mine on co-op for a little while. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not good at shooting, so I was never too good at the Borderlands series. But I'm tired of the melee character. I'm gonna have to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, that's one thing is um, they were saying with the remasters, the 4K remasters of the Handsome Collection, your existing save files will carry over. Oh, awesome! So anybody that already has it and wants you to get the new 4K Ultra HD re-release, um, you don't have to start all over. Yeah. So another exciting thing we got going on actually is uh, 
there's a comic book production company. Electromagnetic Press. Yeah, they have, have sent us a bunch of comics and their magazine called Miscellanea. Um, this com this company is local to West Virginia, and uh, they're Fairmont, I believe. Fairmont, yes, mm -hmm. Fairmont, West Virginia. Uh, they sent us some comics. Uh, if I believe the names are uh, Omens, The Omens, and, and then Believer. Believer, yes. yes. As, lo as lo you know, with their their magazine uh, Miscellanea. Right, their magazine yes. actually comprises about a lot of uh, local talent for. It's kind of like uh, Shonen Jump used to be, where they have like little segments of uh, different comics, but it's focused mostly on independent and local comic artists. Yeah, so Paul, short stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we're gonna over the next coming you know month, weeks, months even, Just we'll be talking me. more about them and showcasing uh, more of their stuff and reviewing. Uh, it. Have some stuff Thanks here. to them, I got to uh, read the first two copies of um, Believer. I would say it's actually uh, very good. It's worth you know keeping your eye on. The, uh, it was in black and white, of course, uh, but I don't think they took away from it at all. The artwork, especially the lining, the uh, artist who did the line work was phenomenal. Um, the one thing I would um, really point out is there is a religi religious aspect to the comic, and to some circles, um, you know, that might seem like a negative thing, but it's not preachy. The religion is part of the character, what he believes, his personal journey, his personal story, but never once does it say, like, anybody who's different is wrong. It doesn't yeah. go out of its way to you know, sh cut down anybody else. It just this is what this character is like. This is what I believe. This and is what gives me strength. And religion is fine as a character building process as long as you don't make it a platform for something. Right. Well, I mean, and, uh, it, and it's not in this Ma case. Murdoch. His yeah. uh, his right, faith yeah. has been a very fundamental part his of his Catholicism character. is a real thing. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, it's uh, if you guys uh, have any interest in that, uh, it's. It, I think it'll be really good. The started reading the omens uh, by them as well, and uh, it is phenomenal. My favorite part of it is when uh, there's onomatopoeia. They put it they, unlike a lot of companies that put their uh, production companies that put their onomatopoeia like outside of text bubbles. It's in the text bubble, man. So you get the kersplunks right there in the middle of the text, and it <laughs> is yeah, exactly. It is great. There's eyeballs that pop out of heads, and it was just, it was wild. So what's what's the gist behind it? It is, okay, so it's a bit weird, and it, I would consider it, uh, once again, definitely a bit controversial in the, the topic itself, because it's about, like, a government conspiracy about, like, cross-manipulating genes in a strange way. And uh, so there's, like, wolfmen that are, like, uh, some sort of enforcer. I only got to the first one. And I started reading the second one. But all I know for sure is that the main character, um, whose name is, escapes me right now, um, she is uh, a young teen who has been experiencing, like, headaches and stuff. And um, as she goes through, there's a lot of different uh, characters that interact with her. And uh, she winds up getting put in a mental health hospital. And while she's there, she's with a lady who believes that she is, like, an alien who, I don't know, she tells a bunch of stories. But um, in the process, she also runs into a, like, she calls her him her imaginary boyfriend. He's uh, this fellow who shows up and disappears and talks only to her. She's the only one who can see him. She can apparently read minds. She has telekinesis. And one of the things that uh, she runs into is an iron-headed giant. He's huge. Wearing, like, a muscle shirt. Eating licorice whips in, like, the bushes. And 
<laughs> she passes out because it's way too outlandish for it to possibly be real. I think that we, the acid just ran off at that moment. Yeah, no, it, it was wonderful. You know, I was like, it came out of nowhere. She's chasing a frisbee into the bushes, and then there's giant eating licorice with the Iron Man. I kind of... It's always been a goal of mine to see something so strange that it just makes me collapse. Right, yeah, no, and it, it totally happens. I, and I was like, I, I had to go back and look at it again. I was like, is that, is that licorice? Is that what he's doing? It's like, I can't really tell. It's like holding a fistful of ropes. I believe that uh, in the Call of Cthulhu game, that would be called failing a sanity check. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, bad. That reminds me of a uh, freaking uh, Tower of Madness, the, the marble board game. <laughs> oh. That's that's another one, man. That, but, uh, I'm getting off track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but what I was saying was that, like, it winds up going into, like, a, she she's uh, at this hospital, and they, like, the, the director shows up in the middle of the night, and he's, like, in his pajamas, basically. And uh, there's two, like, FBI agent-looking dudes, and... Uh, some eyeballs pop out of heads. I don't really want to go into that, but definitely happens. And they're way too shalot, like so what nonchalant about it happening. So what you're telling me is this is worth a read. Oh, it was, it was definitely. It's like 30 pages long. And I like I, I sat down and I was like, all right, I'm, I might be able to get through this. I'm ADD and it's difficult for me to get through stuff. No, I sat down and read the whole thing. And like I, I was walking through the house reading it to go get a soda and stuff. Like I never do that. So like I'm I'm like I'm just not putting it down. And every time I go through, like every time I get to another part, I was just like it would get weirder. And I was like, this is a good kind of weird. All right, Jake, what's up? Jumping right off of that, uh, if you're interested in those and you personally can't afford them, uh, go to your local library and just request to the librarians. Trust me. As a librarian, I can tell you, we're into some weird stuff. We like the comics. We get the graphic novels. We get those weird books. And we're especially always looking for local authors. So I know that I'm about to go ask my manager later on if I can get some copies of that into my library. Uh, well, to attest to that, I actually got a copy of the first volume of Umbrella Academy uh, from the library um, after watching the Netflix show. And it took them, I think, maybe two days to get it to me. Um, it wasn't even hard for them to find. Um, even if you think they don't have it, they'll know how to get it. Yep. So, Jake, before you go, you have anything that you want to add to it? Uh, anything but from Kyle that you want to spit in here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and uh, shill out our uh, days of gaming. Uh, Kyova does uh, games throughout the entire week. Uh, on Sundays, we have our D&D at time warp uh we have gaming starting oh we have gaming uh starting here at forgotten realms gamatorium we have online games um and you know i also run a game not only for kyova but also for just my own personal reasons at the local library so if you're ever looking to join a game but you don't want to start one yourself just check us out online, and of course, check out CATV while you're at it. All right, man. We like I said, you know, we we're, we like having you oh, on the podcast. Yeah, I like being here. Yeah, a lot of a lot of those games uh, on that respect, uh, like, are on the looking for group board in the FRG, like in the Forgotten Realms Gamatorium. In the back corner, when you come in, you look to the right. In the far right back corner, there's a whiteboard there that has a whole bunch of stuff pinned to it and wrote on it. It's got us. and He literally has a board of people looking for groups. Yes, it's literally, yeah, it's what you think it is. It is literally a board of people looking for groups. He keeps telling me to stop making acronyms. And I'm like, I didn't make this one. This one's like as old as I am. So. And then I, I, I want to stress, uh, Eric here at FRG does not 
want to charge for groups to come play games. Correct. You so do not have to worry. All you about have to do problem. is get your butt down here. He Easy. even supplies a lot of the stuff required. He has loaner dice and he has, maps and minis, and, and he's also got like if you want to, if you need to buy a handful of dice, something like that. He'll, he'll, he'll get up out of your seat, turn around, get some. He'll 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 get you a good deal on it. Um, right. And if you if you if you want it, and he doesn't have it. He can probably find it for you. Right. Yep. And he also hand makes some accessories for D and D. You've got like uh, the dice boxes he made. He's planning on making a table at some point. Uh, dice tower. Yeah, dice tower. Yeah, that's that's true too. He needs to get more of them. But uh, anyways, so I think that covers pretty much everything. Come out and play werewolf with us. Do you have anything with that? Support your local libraries, support your local comic artists, and of course, support your local gaming groups. Right. Yep. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, come check us out uh, at any events we're going to be at, uh, any conventions. Uh, come check us out at FRG, Forgotten Realms, or just give us a, uh, a look on Google. If you type in Critically Absurd TV, we're the first one to pop up. Hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Get us up in person. We don't care. Our website, uh, our website does have a members form, so you can sign up. You know, start you know talking on there. And I need to get that. Games. I need that play by post up. Yeah, yeah I'm Ben's gonna do gonna, some Mind's Eye Theater, a couple other things. Ben's gonna rerun some games on our form on our website. Uh, so check it out. And then, like I said, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs>